Ladies and gentlemen of Lafayette. The Hammer Down Show with Jared Jesolitis is Lafayette's number one sports show. Yes, I'm excited! He totally went to Jared. The voice of Lafayette Sports. The cream of the crop! Nobody does it better. Send us your thoughts on the text line at 765-447-4080. Now go to that voodoo that you do so West Lafayette head football coach. And they're heading over to La Rocca Field here on Friday night. And they're going to take on the Knights. That's going to be an interesting matchup. Two teams playing some real good defense lately. So excited to hear his take on that, how to prepare and stuff. Uh, I know, uh, you know, him and him and Coach Nay, uh, they, they hang and stuff too. It's a good friendship and... That's much like, uh, you know, when Westside and McCutcheon gets together. You know, Josh Strasser used to be on that uh, staff as well. Uh, that's uh, it's always interesting when you take on uh, the people that uh, you know here locally. So uh, we'll check in with him. He's coming up here in about uh, 12, 13 minutes or so. Uh, we'll talk with uh, Coach Ryan. Hopefully to hear me yesterday talking with Brian Nay. Good Lord, what I call? I called him um, Val Kilmer, didn't I? <laughs> we that, that interview kind of degraded into ridiculousness at one point, and uh, we called him Iceman, and then I kind of I comped him to <laughs> comped him to Val Kilmer. <laughs> what is wrong with me? Uh, he's coming up here in just a few minutes, though. Uh, and then the Cubs with a, uh, I mean, every series is essential at this point when you've got a little over 20 games remaining, but um, maybe it's not forward. They need to be worried about this weekend. We'll discuss that, but right now, it's need to know news time. Here's your need to know news. Speaking of those Cubbies, uh, they pounded the Giants yesterday. Look at that, the sweep. We know this has been hard to come by this year for the uh, Cubbies. Eight to two, the final there. Jordan Wicks, six and two thirds, gave up nine hits, two earned, just one strikeout though. Cubs have won uh, all three of his starts so far by four or more runs. Cody Bellinger. You know he went yard. Two for four, two runs, two RBIs. That puts his hit streak at eight games. Over that span, he's hitting 364, four homers, 10 RBIs, and eight runs scored. Yeah. Good call on keeping him around. By the way, half those games have been multi-hit games. Seiya Suzuki, also unstoppable lately. Another two for four outing from him. It just seems like that's all he does is crank out two for four outings lately. He's on a seven-game hit streak. He's on a four-game multi-hit streak, a four-game double streak, and he's hitting 448 this month. Cubs have got a rolling right now. They'll turn their attention to the visiting Diamondbacks. Four-game series kicks off tonight. Javier Assad takes the mound against Ryan Nelson. White Sox played baseball last night. When you note, they found a win. Six to four, that final. Tukey Toussaint with the six innings, two hits, two runs, Six strikeouts. Uh, three for four night out of Andrew Vaughn. He homered, had two RBIs. Yon Mankata, 
weight yard as well. Sosa, the only starter not to pick up a hit. Sox off tonight. They head to Detroit tomorrow. Starting to get a good look at the NFL injury reports for the first week. Of course, you know, we find out everything this evening, at least our first looks. And the Colts are looking pretty good. Shaq Leonard is now out of concussion protocol for the Colts and should be available for Sunday's game against the Jags. Zach Moss also practiced day two coming off of that broken arm, although his status is a little less clear for Sunday on whether or not he will play. Interesting notes in this Jaguars and Colts matchup. The home team has won the last 11 matchups in the series. You have to go back to the 27-0 beatdown Jaguars shut out in 2017 to uh, see anything different. The Colts, on the other hand, have not won a season opener since 2013. So what's going to give? The home winning streak or the uh, season opener streak? NFL kicks off tonight on 101.7 The Hammer. 8 p.m. Kansas City is hosting the Lions. Purdue Soccer takes the pitch tonight. 7 p.m. gets 25th ranked TCU admission free at Folk Field. And uh, it'll be a nice cool evening. They're giving away free grocery totes while they uh, last. Bring that on back. You don't have to, but you can always bring it on back Sunday's game uh, against the Hilltoppers. They're going to have a farmer's market out there. So, you know, bring the bag back, scoops up, scoop up some good stuff. Grill it up for Sunday night. There you go. That is today's Need to Know News for this Thursday, September the 7th. NFL's back tonight. I know you're excited. I'm excited. I've been digging into trends all this week, looking for the good stuff. Our friends on DraftKings have got plenty of good stuff happening for you tonight, including get up seven and you win that early win bonus where you bet on a money line, that team gets up by seven or more points at any time, you automatically get cashed out. A no-sweat NFL bet every game day. Get a bonus bet back Thursday, Sunday, and Monday in week one. Use it. Yeah, you want to play baseball or some baseball. But come on. What are you going to do? You going to get in on that Louisville game tonight? You going to watch Louisville tonight instead of the NFL? That's what I thought. So what do we want to take advantage of tonight? You got that no-sweat bet, right? If you're going to use the early win up seven, I will tell you this. I hate you. I would not want to use that on the Chiefs at minus 218. It's just not doing a whole lot for you. Lions are almost 2-1. to one. They're plus 180. That seems to be a better use of that boost. I'm not saying go crazy. I'm just saying 2-1 to one on my money is better than, you know, half of the profit on my money. Don't like that. Here's trends you need to know about tonight. And this is why the Lions make a little sense. If you follow trends, Lions week one overs. 12 and 0 since 2011. 53 and a half tonight. The Chiefs averaged 37 and a half points in season openers with Patrick Mahomes under center. 37 and a half points. Chiefs total points at 29 and a half. It came down with the Kelsey news. It's creeping back up again. 
I don't know if I want to go 30 in this matchup. Chiefs as three and a half point plus favorites since 2020. 14 and 25 in the cover. Don't cover nearly as much as you would think. And that might just be a product of, hey, you know it's the Chiefs and you expect a lot of points. And maybe those totals get inflated a little bit. If you bet $100 on every one of those games, you'd be down 1200 Dan Campbell as an underdog of 3.5 to 17 points, 17-9. and nine. How about this for another number? Jared Goff against the spread week one for his career, 6-0. and oh. So you take that with Dan Campbell's record as an underdog. The Chiefs lack success as a uh, as a favorite under Mahomes in covering. And you can see you've made a decent case to take that Lions money line here. You can take the four and a half if you want to, but again, the up seven, I like that. You get a no-sweat bet tonight. What do you want to use it on? Man, I like to... I like to put together some kind of same-game parlay and take a little bit of swing at it here. I will tell you this. I like the trends here tonight on the rushing yard totals for Isaiah Pachenko, which is over 51.5. A lot of people talking about taking the over on Jameer Gibbs as well. Patrick Mahomes is up to 18.5 rushing yards. Maybe a little bit high, but nobody gave up more rushing yards to quarterbacks last year than the Detroit Lions. Here's the problem, though. They also face Justin Fields twice in a season. That will definitely inflate that. Things I feel most comfortable in tonight. That over, based on, you know, the histories there. Um... I, I like I, I like that Lions plus 180 money line on the promo. I'm big on that as well. I like Pachenko over the 51 and a half. I think those are those are a couple bets I feel like you could really go ahead and take advantage of. You know, anytime touchdown scores, I've not seen a lot of people get super excited about those. A lot of the professionals, we love to bet those. You know, if Kelsey plays, he's minus 125. Uh, St. Brown is probably my best bet at plus 115. Noah Gray at plus 245 is not bad. But that might be where I start to uh, where I start to try. I uh, Clyde Edwards Hilaire is all the way down at plus six hundred. He just seems like one of those guys that just shows up and becomes a touchdown vulture. I don't know if I love that bet because he's just not going to have a whole lot of touches. But he's somebody else to keep on your radar. That's what I like tonight. That's what I'm thinking. That's what I'm feeling. That's what I'm researching. Best of luck to you. Again, our friends over at DraftKings have been putting together a whole bunch of great promos and stuff for you. So make sure you take advantage of the no sweat. And uh, if you like that early up seven, I mean, I'd be taking the... I, I, I'd be taking the, the Lions there. Why not take a little risk there and see if you can't uh, get lucky?
on that one and almost two to one of your money. We're going to take a break. When we come back, Shane Fry, West Lafayette Red Devils head coach. He's my guest next here on the Hammer Down Show on 1017 Hammer. 1017. Welcome back. It is the Hammer Down Show on 1017 The Hammer, 1017thehammer.com. We're over to our Hammerhead hotline coach, Shane Fry, the West Side Red Devils is on with us here. Uh, coming off a uh, impressive victory over Tipton, 39 to nothing uh, last week. They'll take on Central Catholic this week, coach. Always great to have you back here. Uh, impressive performance last week. We talked about the need to, especially on defense for you guys, to stay on top of uh, Tipton because uh, they can be very deceptive running the football. And uh, it seems like message was received and the kids responded for you last week. Yeah, I, I thought we played well. Um, took us a little while to get going, but um, the defense was strong. Uh, you know, I for whatever reason... Um, you know, we started out and they had a couple of big games, but that, that happens every once in a while. And then the defense kind of settled in and, and pretty much shut them out the rest of the way. Uh, great, great game for Carson Kitchell. I have 400 yards passing is fantastic. Four touchdowns, uh, a big 70 yard uh, pass there to uh, Liam Burton as well, who had a couple of touchdowns. The thing that impresses me with the offense the most, though, uh, outside of Carson's number here is. Uh, I see a lot of these uh, longest plays of uh, over 20 yards for a lot of kids here. Getting that explosive offensive play is, uh, you know, it, it's always great for your offense there. And to see the amount that you had this week is uh, telling that this offense continues to develop. Yeah, that is always good to see. Um, we, we feel like we've got several playmakers. Um, and when you, you know, Liam's touchdown, 70 yards, it was just a, a little swing pass. You know, Carson, probably the total travel of the ball was probably about 10 yards and Liam took it to the house for 70. So, you know, that's the quarterback's job is to distribute it to the guys that can make the plays. And, and Liam's one of our guys that can make those plays. And, uh, anytime you're getting, you know, multiple big plays in a game, um, that's, that's a good sign for your offense. Yeah. And a couple of guys are going over the 100 yard receiving mark as well. So, uh, great night by, uh, everybody, including the defense, uh, shout out to Porter Mitrione, four tackles for a loss. I mean, that guy just grinds. I, we haven't talked a little bit. We haven't really talked about him in the trenches, I think, enough, uh, Coach. Uh, uh, but the last couple times we saw, man, I, just a warrior in the trenches. Uh, 17 total tackles, four for a loss. Uh, that is, uh, that's some fight in that kid. Yeah, that, that's, uh, that's got to be a record for us. I'm, not that we track it, but I, I don't know that a D lineman has got 17 tackles in a game. We've had some linebackers or safeties get a bunch, but... For a D lineman to get that many, um, yeah, he was kind of a maniac on Friday night, in in a good way, um, <laughs> and he's uh, he's been doing a good job for us. And you know, he he's got that motor that uh, it, I think the wrestling background. If you know the way he can get through a wrestling match, I feel like if anybody um, can play on the D line and excel, it's it's somebody with a wrestling mentality and, and a wrestling background. And and Porter's got that. Well, with that last name, I, none of that surprises me whatsoever, including the maniac part, that's for sure. We're talking with Shane Fry here, Westside Red Devils on the uh, Hammerhead Hotline. So you guys will go into uh, La Rocca Field this week. Uh, I, I know that they have not been as good as they've uh, traditionally been on offense the last couple of weeks, but uh, I, I really like Bobby Metzger. I, I think that kid has a, a, a very high ceiling because he can do uh, a lot of things, and you know, this is still a dangerous offense, I think, with Central Catholic because 
they just they usually have so many weapons. Maybe not as many in the backfield as they traditionally do, but I mean, Brynn is still very, very good for them. Uh, you don't know if they'll have uh, Mason Meister back or not, but uh, it's not like they're short on weapons, Coach. They've got plenty of weapons, and, and I'm kind of a law of averages guy, um, and and that that doesn't bode well for us with them only scoring three points in the last two games. At some point, they are going to score a lot of points, um, and, and you know we're hoping that that they don't all come against us. So um, we've got to be ready to go. You're right, uh, Bobby Metzger. He's a very good quarterback. Um, you know he kind of lit us up in the first half last year. He he was playing uh, week four last year before. Um, the Mazer kid came back. Mm-hmm. So uh, he's got plenty of experience, good quarterback. Uh, Coach Nay does a great job with his quarterbacks and, and their scheme offensively. Um, they'll figure out ways to attack us, and um, we got to keep them out of the end zone. Uh, the other thing for me that really stands out, uh, this is a very good CC defense uh, on top of that as well. Look, 27 points to Garen, that, that's a great Garen team. I know uh, you guys are aware of them in 3A, but – um, everybody I talk to, any other opposing coach I've talked to, when it comes to Central Catholic, uh, they note just how good this defense is. Uh, what do they do? What do you see on tape that they do that makes them so formidable? They play together so well. Um, nine returning starters. Um, they've, they've got some uh, good players out there, but the way they play as a team on defense is it's it's fun to watch. I mean, you, you, you watch that, and that you know we kind of run the same defense as them, and, and we can learn a lot from the way they play together. Um, you know, it's not one or two guys doing their own thing. It's, it's 11 guys on the same page. Um, and man, they, they fly around to the ball. Um, they're sound, they're disciplined. Uh, you know, they, they don't get out of position very often. And that's, uh, that's the making of a good defense. And that's what they've got over there. Really solid defense. It's weird. I, I think talking to the other four area coaches this week, the a common theme for whatever reason this week has been, continuity and just how underrated that can be for a team whether it's you know continuity with the uh, with the coaching staffs or you know having these uh, players uh, play together as long as they do uh, I would think that you would echo that as well certainly at least from the coaching staff aspect of it but that continuity to continue to have the same thing over and over and, and that experience with each other uh, they seem to everybody seems to think that's pretty underrated do you agree Absolutely. I mean, if you know, you need experience for individual players, but you know, to to top that is if if those individual players have been playing together for a long time, and and those guys have got a ton of snaps together, and uh, that you know, I imagine you know, all of last year, all the summer, the the first three games, they're they're just they're one unit, and you can tell that. You know, we're starting to come up to here on the uh, halfway point. You get through this is the first four games. Uh, you know, Rensselaer uh, next week would be. You know the halfway point. How do you feel about your team's development so far? Where you guys started out uh, in the summer, of course. You know, bringing in a, a, a new quarterback who we discussed at the beginning of the year. Not necessarily new, new, but still um, running the uh, whole offense for the season. How do you feel your team's development has come? And what areas have you been most impressed with with the team's development so far? Yeah, I, I'm I'm happy that we are improving each week because um, that's always the goal, and, and we've done that. Um, we, we, we're still figuring it out on offense. Um, you know, we, you got to find your strengths. Um, and it took us a while last year to find our strengths. You know, obviously Max could run the ball, but we needed to find some other things. And, and it took us a while, and, and we're still in search of what exactly we do best. Um, you know, I think the defense is kind of off and running, and the challenge for them is to stay consistent. Um, and then offensively, you know, I I feel like we've played – 
you know, under under our assessment, two good quarters of football offensively um, in the first three games, and that's not enough. Um, so we've got to be more consistent on offense. Uh, and we just, you know, as a staff and, and the players, we we got to find with what we're comfortable with and what we're good at and combine the two things and, you know, hopefully continue to improve. Coach Shane Fry, Westside Red Devils, they're heading to LaRocca on Friday night. Uh, and uh, they will take on Central Catholic. Coach, it's always a pleasure talking ball with you. Best of luck with uh, the rest of practice this week, and best of luck Friday night. Thanks a lot. Thanks for Welcome back. It is the Hammer Down Show on 1017 The Hammer, 1017thehammer.com. Big thank you to Coach Shane Fry. I, that's going to be a great match. I wish man, I wish we could do both those games, but we are out at the Sword game. Over at Ellison on uh, Friday night. I hate that we have both these games at the same time, but it is what it is. Can't control that. We control the controllables, and we'll bring you the uh, sword game. That's, um, look, CC and Central Catholic, I mean, that's been a tough nut to crack there for the Knights. They haven't won that game since 2016. I'm trying to remember... That's the game Matt Marley came free towards the end down the right sideline and just like just inexplicably dropped the football. I think it was that one. And ended up being like a field goal game. They they lost that game in 2016. I think that's right. Maybe Sam King straightened me out. And then he'd go out and then unfortunately break his collarbone, I think, the year after that. Or not the year after that, the uh the game after that at Twin Lakes. I think it was that year, because I think I recall us being out for that one, because it was at Gordon Straley. I'm almost positive. Anyway, I digress. Um, that's that's a tough matchup. CC needs to figure out a way to put some points on the board. They have struggled the last couple of weeks. Of course, Shane Fry's a law of averages guy, which is fantastic for positive regression if you are a better. Uh, we, talk, we use that term a lot here, but... Um, We'll see what happens. I very much like, uh, you know, both these teams and both these coaches are tremendous. Uh, But since they've lost uh, Mason uh, Meister in the backfield, it just seems like Brent Robbins is is a good back. He's been a productive force in the backfield for them for a couple of seasons now, the senior. But without Mason, it just seems like everything's a little out of sync, a little out of whack. And they have not put up the points uh, that we are accustomed to seeing Central Catholic put up. I mean, three points over two weeks is just like, it, that's shocking to me. I how, how far do you figure you'd have to go back to find... Uh, a, a stretch like that. You got to go back to the Ilveda 2017 season after Kevin O'Shea left. When they went over against West Lafayette and Rensselaer Central. But I mean, outside of that, I don't think that ever happened in the Kevin O'Shea era, really. I mean, I don't think there there weren't many 
Kevin O'Shea coached teams where they didn't at least score double-digit points every game. Yeah, I'm, I mean, like, I'm literally looking at it right now because I wanted to see if there was another uh, instance of it. I go back to 97. They started out the season in 97, six, six, uh, 30-6 to at West Lafayette and 28 to nothing to Benton Central. They're going to get it figured out. That's a very smart coaching staff, and there's too much talent there. And you also, I mean, we know Garen is very good in 3A. Heights is a solid team. They're a really good team. They are continuing to climb. They're deceptively good. That's a couple of 3A teams on top of that. Not that, you know, CC shouldn't be used to playing 3A schools, but I'm using a little bit of perspective. There, There is that, but... They're going to have to find out something here because, you know, West Lafayette can win at the point of attack. Guys like Porter Mitrione up front. So we'll see. But Knights uh, at home, they got to figure out the offense. Defense, I'm not worried about. It. They've been great defensively. You heard Coach uh, Fry talk about how good they are. Anytime I've talked to a coach about Central Catholic, the defense comes up. Shout out to Coach Bry Fogel. They are good on that side of the ball, and they're going to have to be. This might be a low-scoring kind of dogfight on Friday. We'll see what happens. Cubs win their fourth in a row yesterday. They're getting closer and closer to the Brewers. It's down to one and a half games. And with a win tonight, because the Brewers head to New York tomorrow. So they're off tonight. Um, so with a win tonight, you make it a, a one game difference in the lead for the Central. But we're talking so much about that that I, I think it bears. And keep in mind, I'm not ex- I'm not selling on the Cubs. Who told you to take them to win the Central before the All-Star break? I mean, we were talking about taking them when they were still 10-1. to 1. So I'm not being a Debbie Downer on them. But here's my point is, the Diamondbacks are coming in here, and every, se- every series is very important to the Cubs moving forward. But you're so focused right now, I think, as a fan on what's going on in front of you in the division that you may have lost sight, and it's understandable. I'm not chiding you for it or anything like that. But it is understandable that you may have forgotten exactly what's going on uh, behind you. Not in the central, per se, but in the wild card race. Now, I still have the faith that the Cubs will eventually overtake the Brewers. And it may come down to that very last series in Milwaukee. But if you don't get there, you have to keep in mind what's going on behind you in the wild card. You're three and a half games clear of Miami. You're four games clear of these same Diamondbacks. And the Diamondbacks are not going to be able to go out and win the West. They're 13 games behind the Dodgers. 
Miami is not going to be able to win the East. Nor is Philadelphia, who's uh, half a game in front of you as the Cubs. Because they're 13 and a half back. So you're looking at three teams around you that are thoroughly locked into their wild card hopes. And you're going to be taking on one of them for four straight games here. So as nice as it is to be looking at the Brewers, you need to take into consideration what's going on in the rear view here. Now, I think out of the Phillies, who again, you're half game behind, Miami, you're three and a half on. Arizona, you're up four on. Cincinnati, you're up four on. I think that they're, they are the better team. Defeating the Giants the way they did this week has pushed them even farther down. That gives you a six-game cushion on them. They're next up. They're not getting in. So you've dispatched one opponent. I would almost argue that taking three out of four against the Diamondbacks does more for you in in essence of protecting your wildcard. Because, look, you are... You are pushing them back down the list. You're giving yourself some breathing room there. As great it is to keep your eyes forward on Milwaukee, and that's the goal, the goal is still to make the playoffs. Because if you don't make the playoffs, then not trading anybody the deadline, like the Angels did, has made you a loser in more ways than one. Yes, you want to win that central crown, but you also want to hold on to the spot that you do have. So maybe for this week weekend, you're not thinking so much about, hey, we need to keep pace or beat the Brewers. Maybe it's, hey, we need to hold on to the title we do have in this wild card, that that wild card spot. Now, the way the rest of that battle shakes out this weekend, the Brewers will go out to New York to take on the Yankees. Miami's on a six-game win streak And they're taking on the Dodgers, who may be coasting a little bit. But then here's one that's probably going to help you overall is the Marlins and uh, Philadelphia doing battle this weekend up in Philadelphia. They're 5-5 and in 10 games. So there's Splitsville there. And then Miami has to go to Milwaukee. To which, as long as somebody doesn't really sweep it, you feel okay about things. But again, you want to make sure you hold on to one of these wild card spots. And you can do a lot for your playoff odds here. I think for this weekend, that needs to be the message. We take care of Arizona, three out of four. If you can, you've eliminated them from that hunt with, what, like 18 games? Something like that left to go? Or at least you've eliminated them from taking your spot. You know, who knows what can happen with Miami and Philadelphia. And then who's left on your list there? Cincinnati? With a decent chance to catch you, that's about it. And that's probably a stretch 
at four games right now. Although it's certainly possible. Probably not the most likely thing in the world. It leaves you in a very good spot. So this weekend, if I am David Ross of the Cubs, that's my message. This is to protect what you have, and that is a playoff spot. The Brewers will be there next week. Let's not focus, let's not focus in on that. Three out of four against them, and you have done great work in eliminating somebody that could uh, steal your October. That needs to be the focus. Good news for uh, you know for the Cubs. They still got to go out to Colorado next week. They've got three more at Arizona. You got three at home against Pittsburgh. Three more at home against Colorado. The last six are tough with three on the road at Atlanta and three on the road against Milwaukee. But you know, at that point, Atlanta's clearly going to have. Their uh, Atlanta's clearly going to have their division locked up at that point, right? Nineteen forty-eight. The Dodgers have a chance to get up there. They're at eighty-four and fifty-four. But I got some. Pitching rotation problems again, which is just, it's terrible stuff. We're not even going to get into it. But if your Cubs are in a good position, maybe even luck out Atlanta decides they don't want to give you too much. Might see you guys here in a couple of weeks. If that's the case, you got the leg up going into the Brewers there. You, just, you love the way that the season finishes for you. Again, with Pittsburgh, who's... What, 10 games below 500? Colorado is the worst team in the National League. And you're getting six more against them. Cubs sitting at a 92% playoff probability. It's a good place to be. You want to win the Central, but for this weekend... I think you worry about taking a, a, a team that could take you off the board in Arizona. And that's the battle cry. Take them down. All right, we're going to take a break. Send them to the, send them to the golf course for Pete's sake. So we're going to take a break. We're going to come back. It will wrap up the Hammer Down Show. Maybe some things we missed and more coming up here on 1017 The Hammer and 1017 The Hammer. Welcome back to the Hammer Down Show on 1017 The Hammer and 1017TheHammer.com. Uh, full practice reports out today here, by the way, for the uh, Colts. Uh, Zach Moss, limited practice. Shaquille Leonard, full practice, which is, uh, you know, like we said at the top of the show, good news. Meanwhile, on the Bears' side, um, Brisker went full go today. Dylan Cole did not practice. Nate Davis out for personal reasons. Eddie Jackson, a full participant. Mercedes Lewis was, uh, it says rest. He did not participate uh, today. Demarcus Walker, a full, so a full participant. So it's, um, 
Yeah, it's looking good for your Bears. It's looking pretty good for your Colts. The opening of the injury report. At least as good as it could be. I mean, Colts can't do anything about Jonathan Taylor at this point, but I'm interested in that one. We'll, have to de- we'll, we'll dig a little bit deeper to that one tomorrow as we get ready for your NFL Sunday bets. But I'm interested what stands. The Colts home opener record where they've, or the Colts opener record where they've lost, what did we say? It was like 11 straight. Now the home teams won 11 matchups in the series. The Colts haven't won a season opener since 2013. Ugh. Which one falls? That'll be interesting. All right, uh, let's give in some of the things that we may have missed. It's a little out of the purview, but uh, is this back in? Are Sports Dads back in again? You remember when we were wondering why LeVar Ball was popping up all over the place? Saying he could beat MJ one-on-one, things like that. Yeesh. And then, went away. Things are great. And then we got Baby Gronk's dad. Remember the little controversy with Baby Gronk's dad? Is Caleb Williams' dad going to be this new dude? He's in GQ magazine. Why? I don't know. They still make magazines. Anyway saying that Caleb could stay in school another year if he doesn't like the situation. He'd be in with picking the number one overall team, which right now would be the Cardinals. I Look, the quote is ridiculous. The funky thing about the NFL draft process is he'd almost be better off not being drafted uh, than being drafted first. This system is completely backwards. The way the system is constructed, you go to the worst possible situation. The worst possible team. The worst organization in the league. Because of their desire for parity. Gets the first pick. So it's the gift and the curse. So if there's not a good situation, the truth is he can come back to school. Well, yeah. Usually the teams that are not in a good situation tend to get the best players. They set that up so that there's some kind of parity. Absolutely. Otherwise, it would be two to three teams every year. Of course, if you're one of the best players, you want to go to one of the best teams. I mean, you're, you, they, people build franchises around you at a quarterback. You just think that like the Chiefs would be like, yeah, we're going to take him. Let's go. Like, come on. 32 NFL teams. About half of them are probably pretty darn set at quarterback. The ones that aren't are the ones that struggle and get a chance to draft you. I don't understand what your ideal situation is. Was Buffalo going to, San Francisco, are they just going to fall to number one for you? And then take you? And come on. If you want to stay, stay. That's why they have the NIL stuff, too. You can stay. I don't know how much better it's going to be for the next year. You're still going to get a team that, unless they lose, a starting quarterback is probably not going to be there. They're just When you look at the draft, every year, 
Most of those teams in the top 10 are probably in need of a quarterback. Or they had the quarterback who then became injured, or they have the quarterback, but they are continuing to build a franchise. I know, it just stinks that you just can't step into the perfect situation at number one. It doesn't all come together for you. You can't walk onto whatever team you want and get paid whatever you want. It's just the way that it rolls. It's still better than what we used to have in the NFL, where the rookies made all the money and guys that have been in the league for uh, six, eight years were making less than some kid out of college with the number one overall pick who would then fizzle out in three years. Not every owner is going to be great, but it's still one of the only places on earth that you can leave without getting a college degree and make hundreds of millions of dollars in a decade. It still sounds like a pretty good gig. Join the legion of us that don't like car bosses or, or company owners. There's millions of people in the country that deal with it. If you want to stay, stay. I'm not going to chastise you for staying because you don't want to go and play for the Cardinals because you're unhappy. The ownership, you don't like the coach or that situation. Cool. I get it. But you roll the dice. You're going to be probably in a similar situation next year. Maybe not that franchise, but somebody might not be that much better. It's up to you. Whatever you want to do, good luck to you. But if you're waiting around hoping that a The perfect situation comes around. It it ain't. It just ain't. Also, congratulations to LSU's uh, uh, Coach Mulkey. $32 million extension. Good for her. I mean, she don't need a bigger closet space for those jackets anyway. Oh, they're going to get so much better this year with all that money. Good for her. 10 years, $32 million. Good for her. That's going to do it for us on the Hammer Down Show. Come back tomorrow. We'll get you set for NFL Sunday. High school football on Friday night. Purdue on Saturday. Lots of football talk. That's tomorrow back here on the Hammer Down Show on 106.9.